Content creators far and wide, myself included, one of the problems that we can run into time and time again is really just trying to figure out how to appeal to different audiences. Somebody on the East Coast versus somebody in the Midwest versus somebody on the West Coast. It could even be trying to figure out how to promote and market your products and services. Every platform seems to have some sort of shop these days and way to sell. And you really have to figure out what works best for you, your business, and your brand. But on top of that, really even trying to fit your content and repurpose it to match this algorithm as they call it these days. What you post on Instagram may not hit the same on TikTok. It may not hit the same on LinkedIn. It may not hit the same on Facebook and vice versa. Well, what if I wanted to introduce you to the most exciting, the most exciting generative AI content generation company? Matt and the team over at Omniki are doing just that and more. So they're really taking everything that you're already doing taking all of that content and really uploading it to their platform and then repurposing it, making it easier for you to distribute it to these different platforms, making it easier for you to reach these audiences because Matt will be the first to tell you that there is a lot of technology out there being developed, but is it really solving the business needs and the business wants of these business owners out there? It's really not. Well, Omniki is doing just that and more. And he even revealed a very interesting stat about Fortune 1000 companies lifespan back in the 1980s versus now. But I won't tell you all that. I'll let you tap in. So without further ado, enjoy episode 170, Refined Focus. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner. It's always exciting for me, always really even more motivating. Like I feel like I have to really up the ante a little bit when people reach out to me and let me know that they're just as excited and just as enthusiastic for this interview and the platform as I am. So Matt, obviously I'm going to have to sing. I feel like every episode I've kind of given Kit Kat some credit. I'm going to keep giving them credit because y'all are amazing yeah. people over there. But Matt was somebody who even man the power of LinkedIn reached out to me earlier today and just told me, you know, looking forward to the conversation earlier, very happy to connect. And for me, like to, to other people out there, that may just seem so minuscule, so simple. So, and to, to me at first, the gesture was just like, you know, wow, that's amazing. Like I, I, I really, you know, we could have just sat on here today, had a regular conversation. I wouldn't have had any bias or any feelings either way, but really just being able to put the face of the name beforehand, just being able to kind of see his profile, even go through everything and really just get that message, taking time out of his day to reach out to me. It just made me feel good. So this is going to be a great interview nonetheless. And whether he reached out or not, it was still going to be a great interview. But that was just something that I really kind of held close to me. So thank you for that, Matt. So how are you doing today? How's everything on your end? I'm great, Tamar. Thank you for having me. I mean, it, it's really great. You've been you've been doing a lot a lot of these podcasts. I know we mentioned you're over 150 and we're going to be at 200 soon. So congrats. That's that's so makes me really excited to be here. And I appreciate you. Uh, letting me reach out as well this morning and appreciating that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, yes, the road to 200, we are counting down, man. If you would have asked me back in 2019 where I was going with this, what I was doing, wouldn't have thought yet. 150, 160, 170, we're moving all along. So thank you for that. But now I know that over the course of this episode, over the course of just this journey, we're going to have a lot of people who tap in. We're going to have people from your side. We're going to have people from my side. And then we're going to have my favorite people who are finding out the both of us for the first time coming across the podcast or the episode in some capacity. So to give, bring everybody up to speed in the sense, give everybody an even playing field. Can you, one, just tell us a little bit about yourself? And then can you, two, just tell us what brings you on the podcast today? Yeah, so... My background is I'm at a startup now. I'm chief business officer and a co-founder of OmniKey, which we are the most exciting generative AI content generation company out there. And really exciting, you know, generative AI has been at the top of the news over the past eight months since all these 
evolution of AI and technology. And it's just been such a whirlwind and such a fun thing to be part of. Like the things that you can do today and what we're building at our company are, are so fun and they're solving huge problems. But my background is a little different than most that have been at startups. I was spent 13 years at a Fortune 1000 company. So AT&T lived all over the country. I started out, you know, in the Midwest, grew up in Indiana, went to Chicago first and then Atlanta. And then it took me to Southern California after like being in this leadership program at AT&T. And uh, I did a bunch of different jobs. So lots of transitions from the old school days of picking up the phone and calling, you know, 50 to 100 people a day, door knocking with your business cards to generate business. I did all that for years and I learned a ton from it. And I uh, made this big move to the headquarters of AT&T at one point after I was leading sales teams and got into some larger leadership roles, one being corporate strategy where you get a bigger, big picture of how businesses operate. And I got really excited about, about technology and met uh, Hikari Senju, who's the CEO of OmniKey, with this amazing vision that generative AI was going to get good soon. He started this in 2018. And one of the big key pieces was data would be what helps generative AI succeed, finding data from why people are buying and using that to generate content. And that's when I joined OmniKey uh, two years ago now. And we're, uh, yeah, a fast growing uh, startup. So one of the first things that you hit on was you guys, you said you guys are the most exciting company when it comes to content creation and generative AI. So simply put, why? What makes y'all so much more exciting than the rest? What because somebody for somebody who's never heard of OmniKey coming across you guys for the first time, what can they expect with an experience with you all? Yeah, since we're on the down to business podcast, so we focus on selling to businesses. And there's a huge content problem out there. So over the past seven months, we've met with 2000 different companies. I've been on, you know, many times before the team expanded eight sales calls a day. And, you know, Zoom enabled that you went from meeting in person. And we heard so many different problems across small businesses, to mid market to enterprise, and they all have this common content problem. It's they have different audiences, they want to let's just say different types of customer profiles, different types of verticals that they have to go sell to. They have different products and services. They also have different geographies. So like you're in Tampa, you know, when you see ads, how it's like localized a lot of times, we'll say, go buy it, this location in Tampa for retail, for example. And then finally, there's all these different platforms that you can go sell on. So there's like the social media ones, Meta, Google, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, Reddit. We've built out like a whole lot of integrations with these, but it's really hard to go generate content that is fit for all these different platforms and for all those different types of customers and things that you want to sell to. And that's where OmniKey excels. We look at data from why people are clicking and buying. And a lot of times like the platforms are getting smarter and smarter. So like tomorrow, like they, they know what you're looking at on social media and they'll start to deliver you ads that look like that, that what you like. And so you need lots of content today because you can always target for creating leads. But now a lot of times if you use the platform's algorithms where you just allow the content to, to be distributed, it will just get distributed more effectively by what it knows is in the content and who the end user is. It will automatically connect them. And so that's where we come in. We generate lots of content from images to video to 
all different types of technology, even getting into virtual avatars now, right? So you can use AI to do all these really amazing things like put together a script based on your business, have an avatar, say it, you know, and, and move so fast today that it becomes more and more personalized. And that's what OmniKey does. We create content for all those different mediums for businesses. I like that. I, I definitely do see the, I feel like everything is really just growing so rapidly and really moving and, and things, but especially on the technology side of things. Uh, an interesting, I guess, realization for me was that AI has been around longer than I'm, I'm realizing. Like for me, where I really started to look into it was the whole chat GPT phase. And really when that came out, just everybody thinking about it, meta, every, every to me, it was just so much noise. And I was just like, I didn't really know where to start, what to look at. But then in talking to you and talking to so many other business owners, whether they be in the startup side, entrepreneurs, anything, they have really, you know, really opened my mind to that AI has been here. AI, even talking about, you said the CEO started the company back in 2018. You know, I was just graduating college, going yeah. to school. And then, so I'm just like, I'm not even, you know, but to think about how that could have helped with, I went to school for communication and journalism. Ah, man, we could have, I could have not just, <laughs> to I know, yeah. but not to say that I didn't earn my degree, I didn't do what I had to do. I definitely respect and appreciate all my professors. But man, like some of that, we could have worked a little bit smarter, not so much harder. It was the procrastination to me too, but wow. But no, so I, I say all of that to say that AI has really been something that people are just like, at this point, people who are in the AI field are just like, hey, we, we can't avoid this. This is happening. Get with the times type thing. But everybody else is just taking advantage of it in some way. But as I continue to talk to different businesses, business owners, I'm just hearing another feature. Like you said, the virtual avatars, being able to do the content, being able to write things out. So now, just in thinking about the company starting back in 2018 and five years later, here we are, 2023, your journey has been two years. So just in these two years of you being with OmniKey, what have you really noticed that you guys have been doing to stay as far as improvements, as far as staying up with the times? Because, you know, everything, the 2018 AI field and everything that we were thinking about is nowhere near what the 2023 field is. Heck, 2018 and 2019 really might have a lot of differences just the same. So now we're fast forwarding a little bit now. Now that AI is just so prevalent, it's almost everywhere. What has OmniKey done to essentially stay up with the times, keep their software up to date and really keep creating this content for everyone who you're working with? Yeah, so... Interesting enough, 2020 was when we had our first customer. So 2018, the idea came out. Hikari found like thought of the idea. 2020, we had the early GPT prop, like early, not Chat GPT, the G GPT two and three, uh, in the early 2020s within our product. So it would write content, but it wasn't perfect. It would, but it would create some great ideas. And so where we've seen a lot of different changes in impact from this is the ability to prompt engineer uh, is, is like the biggest skill now. So like when you see all these different AI applications that are coming out, a lot of them are built on open source technologies, which we had previously. But now we're, the biggest thing we've seen is that a lot of these new technologies that are be, being built aren't solving business problems effectively. They have really cool features, but they're not as focused on exactly what you're trying to solve. And what we've been trying to do over and what we're doing now is we're trying to solve just advertising, just paid and some other aspects. So like digital ads that people pay for. And then also refining these algorithms to filter out the bad, the bad images, the bad copy, things like that to, to create different concepts that appeal to different emotions like happiness or, or humor 
And then that's how you can test lots of concepts now is you build the engine to think of all these new ideas. It doesn't eliminate people's jobs. It empowers them. And you you can just, for new ideas, it is such an enabler. It's like, okay, give me eight different ad concepts for this business with all these different emotional appeals. And then right away, you can go pick a couple, go test them. And, and that's really where OmniKey has, has evolved is we've become much more focused, one, on who, who our customers are, um, because any startup has a limited amount of resources. You cannot sell to everyone. You have to get really, really focused. So over the last year, we've become really, really focused on, on where we want to be in that market. The second is when I joined, we were almost bootstrapped. So Hikari had raised a little bit of money and we were able to raise some, some venture capital funding at the end of last year, some additional capital funding. And now we, we are on to like the next stage, like the early days, the CEO, when I joined was, was doing sales. He had done, he had the whole engineering team under him. Um, and was doing everything, Cap venture capital. I joined them. Um, uh, I took over all the sales side of it and, and growing that side of it. And now we have on the next stages, we have leaders that have knowledge in different uh, areas of the business. So we have a, a, a phenomenal VP of product or a senior vice president of product that is really, really good at building product. We have a great engineering leader. We have a great uh, VP of sales that came from Google. So you get all these specializations in the mix that help you define the processes uh, that take the level, the company to the area where you can start to scale. And that was like um, a lot of these technologies you'll see, like you can, you can't have a product that you only use for a month right now. And then you stop using it. Like what you've seen is like this whole wave of people that want to use the cool factor of AI. But right now we're seeing a decrease in consumption of like chat GPT and Google Bard and some of these others. Because people are getting tired of having to go prompt stuff. So you have to make it more easier for them. And now we focus on making it easy for, for our customers to go sell through digital ads. I like that. I, I like it a lot, especially because people love easy. And I feel like a lot of times things can be overwhelming, always having to go. And then when you do go, you're thinking that things may be a little bit more specific or tailored, but they can give you a range. This thing can get so creative so fast. And it's just like, dang, well, I came here with no ideas and now I have 50 million ideas and I don't even really know how to piece that together. So the fact that, you know, y'all are kind of implementing within that, but also tailoring towards what they may need, because I also feel like this is not really industry specific. You know, if it comes to a product, if it comes to a service, if it comes to something, somebody, everybody's content has to be tailored towards that. You know, I'm not going to make the same content as someone who is a clothing brand or someone who's a makeup artist or someone who's a singer or anything like that. So it has to really be tailored to one, their audience, what they're trying to promote, and then the message that they're getting across just the same. So now the the idea of sales, like sales has always been here. It's, it's definitely something that's not going away, but obviously technology is definitely advancing. It's improving. There are different things. There are stuff that we're not expecting to happen. So how has all this advancement, how have just a lot of this experimenting and a lot of this just trial and error type thing really advanced, or I, I won't even really say advanced the world of sales, but I will say, how has it caused the world of sales to develop in a different Great question, Tamar. Yeah, sales is flipped since the early days when I was talking about earlier where you were calling and emailing. There's a lot of emails still, but it goes to your spam folder. You're getting a lot of it. You reply to way less. I mean, text messages still there. But today, sales flipped. So before you had a huge outside sales team, possibly they were 
knocking on doors, going out, making phone calls, meeting with customers in person. You still meet a little bit in person, but now it's, it's flipped. You, you bring in leads through digital ads. So you figure out who your customers are. You create ads that appeal to those customers. Tell, tell your story. You bring the customers in, you bring in a lot more customers. It's kind of like finding needles in the haystack. And when you're advertising, you're reaching thousands or potentially millions of people with spending money on ads. And it flips it because you start refining your processes in different ways. And what I mean that is like when you're bringing inbound leads in, you start working on how do I bring these customers through the funnel and how do I filter out customers I can't sell to? So instead of like figuring out how to outreach differently, you're figuring out how to refine your process. How do I give my demo better? How do I uncover more information about our customer in this short period of time when I, I have their attention? And then the other interesting thing about this new age is since Zoom and COVID, I think things are much more transactional. So like people, when they come on a demo, they're like, they want to get as much out of you, like as much as they can learn about your product. So you have, it's a, it's a hard, it's a balance of trying to uncover the information you need, share some about your product and then continue to move the sale along. But now you can have a much leaner sales team, like a couple of people and, and have a large company because now the leads are coming to you through digital ads. Then you're figuring out how to increase conversions and sales, refine your process, your pricing, um, instead of, you know, outreach to hundreds of customers with a huge Salesforce. I like that. Yeah. As somebody who uses Salesforce five times a week, um, I got you. I got you for sure. But no, I, I, I definitely do love that. And I love that idea, but I love that too. Even what you're saying now, as the months go on, as the years go on, it could be totally different. It could change. It could add more. Something else could come out. Maybe even something that we weren't expecting per se, because I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like I said, back in 2018, when I'm just graduating college, I'm not thinking that five years from now, wow, we're going to have gone through a pandemic. We're going to have AI. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's here. I feel like maybe back then it was creeping in for me. Little by little, it was around me. Maybe I was being a little bit naive to it, but now it's here. So I also feel like with AI comes a spectrum in a sense. You have people who are on one side, who are on another side. You have people who feel like, like you said, you, you used a great word when you said empowerment instead of elimination. But you have people who are on the elimination side of things who do feel like AI could potentially take them, could potentially have them shift to a different field or anything like that. So what do you say to people who may not understand all of the true uses of generative AI, and what it could really do and how it could really help? And like you said, empower others. Yeah, it's an interesting stat, but I'll get into that. It's an interesting stat that we were just looking at was in the 1980s, the average lifetime of a Fortune 1000 company to stay in the Fortune 1000 was 30 years. Today, it's 14 years. So these large companies that are doing really well are having a much shorter lifetime. And also nine, like 99% of those will be using AI within the next couple of years like as part of their product. Enterprise is the slowest to adapt because there's a lot of regulation. They're using it in little cases, but they have such compliance stuff. But I don't think there's any other way for business leaders out there today or small businesses or, or any size business. You have to be testing these and learning from them because all the a lot of these tools are free. So if you spend 30 minutes or an hour a day testing a couple of these technologies, eventually you're going to figure out how to how to how it clicks and you're going to be able to do the work of five people uh, with one per yourself. And we're seeing this across many different places. Like you can go there and ask, 
you know, a whole business strategy process for starting your new business or of an incorporation, right? You could go say, give me names of the business. This is what I want to do. And you could seriously like start a business with a snap of your finger. And, and all this is, um, it's, it's just really, really exciting on, um, the people that I think I read that prompt engineers will be paid $300,000 a year. If you're really, really good at it. I read that another article about that. So just imagine like the learning how to use AI and prompt is such a, a needed skill in the next couple of years that you just have to start testing them. And there's like lots of resources out there that are free today. That's the other crazy thing about AI is like you start using Twitter and all these other things and you'll see all these people are sharing their knowledge in the open. So there's unlimited resources to go learn. And that's that's another really unique part of it. You said 300,000. I bet people started doing some Google searches as to what a prompt engineer, where do I, how do I do that? So yeah, because you got my, you got my eyebrows raised a little bit, but no, I, I think that you're absolutely right as to how I've even talked to a few other business owners in previous episodes who have told me like, it's, it's much better to embrace this and really not look at this as a threat, but more so just look at this as a time to educate yourself and really learn how you could use this to your advantage. Because I've talked to, like I said, there are so many sides to that spectrum elimination, the empowerment side. But I've talked to so many people who are using this and it's evolving their business. It's evolving their brand. It's evolving what they're even able to do for their customers, for other businesses, to other audiences. And it's teaching people. They're teaching me. Y'all are opening my yeah. eyes. I got to do some Google searches after this, you know, and figure some things out. But it's definitely a very, very, very interesting concept. And so is content creation just the same. I feel like with whatever you do, content is is came as is key. Yeah. It's sometimes before people even meet you, put a face to the name, anything like that. They're going through your content. They're going through the page. Some people have really come across the podcast and told me about my videos that I yeah. forgot about it. And I, you know, told me, <laughs> I was like, well, how did you, how did you, where did I put, where'd you find that one at? You know, some things like that. But I, I love the idea of content creation, but I, and I love how with different mediums, with different avenues, it can vary. It can be different things. You're not going to create the same content for Twitter as you would for YouTube or for YouTube as you would right. for Instagram. So and thinking about Omnikey and thinking about all of what you guys do when it comes to the content creation space, do you guys specialize in any particular mediums or avenues or sites? Are you guys kind of inclusive of everything and you kind of tailor it towards whatever the client may want? How does that really work? Yeah, we tailor it to the platform and the customer, but we we really span across all of them. So <laughs> this is the, the, the most exciting part of it. So I, I just like will say big picture, how AI can empower the whole creative process, right? So tomorrow you have 150 episodes, right? So imagine your bit your business has 150 different assets. We're talking your brand, like brand assets, your production videos, like your podcasts, all this stuff. You can now upload that into a library tool like OmniKey, and it will scan all. It will scan a lot of that different those different elements. It will pull out insights. So maybe I just want to focus on AI across all your different podcasts, right? So all of a sudden it could categorize all your assets make it really easy to go figure out like what areas we want to focus on. It could pull those into ads and then you can go to develop different stories for with different dimensions, different lengths of the video. And then the other issue we just talked about. So you have existing assets you can go create ads with. You can piece together for videos. AI will help you tell the story. It can also automate all the image generation and the thumbnail. Thumbnails are huge in this. And then the last thing is I mentioned those virtual avatars that are that are now. You can have it write a full script for you. You can have a virtual avatar you can train on yourself or on a person that can immediately start telling your story without having to go to all the production. 
and it's getting better and better. So you just skip all those steps. And, and for like TikTok, for example, UGC performs the best. So right away you have like quick access to assets and it's only going to get quicker and quicker. And what OmniKey is really focusing on is that whole workflow, like scanning assets um, and then using AI to generate scripts, headlines, copy based on data and the assets, then generating images and videos, and then piecing it all together in a workflow. So businesses don't have to, they can easily share it across legal compliance for larger companies and approve it all on the dashboard. And once they approve it, it's automatically in the platform. So you're like streamlining all these different fun job functions and making it really, really easy for the customer. Wow. We love easy. So yeah, I, I definitely do like that. And I've, I've come to really find that even myself, I was very hesitant to get on just certain platforms just because I, I do, I'm a, a one man band. So it was just, you know, I, I was telling people that, look, I, to do a website, to have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's enough to then have oh. a personal and a business Instagram. That was enough. I said, I'm not getting on TikTok, y'all. Hey, keep tomorrow. Just get on TikTok. Just figure it out. Just, you know, da, 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 da. I said, no. And what did they do? They got me into TikTok. So now I'm on there too. But I, I love the idea of like personalization and how, you know, I feel like even with certain websites or certain mediums, you can tell different stories. Like different people can have different opinions of the business or what it does or, or see it from a different light because you're able to tell that story in a different way, just the same. So in thinking about, you know, what OmniKey is doing, what you guys are even thinking about, I feel like this always has to be something where it's forward thinking. It's the forward approach. It's the bigger picture, like you said, because if you, if you, it's, it's nothing wrong with really focusing on what's in front of you or what's happening right now or the day by day. But I also feel like for what you guys do for the field that you're in, this is always changing. This is always something that you have to just be in the know about what's happening here. What software is this demo here, demo that. And even customers, I'm pretty sure that as you're starting to work with different customers, they're teaching you different things. They come to that right. the demo or something like that with something in mind, or, Hey, I talked to this guy or this company and they told me this, they told me that. So now is OmniKey, obviously you guys are thinking into the future and about maybe just exploring different avenues or anything like that. So for what you can disclose here on the Down to Business podcast, we love to just get teasers and things like that. Are you guys looking to in, immerse yourself into anything new? Are there any other avenues, any even research that you were doing, any even news in the AI world that you guys have heard that you kind of want to explore a little bit new? Because the reason why I love asking this question is because I know we're going to have some people who are just tapping into you guys for the first time and who are just tapping into you guys at a certain point in your journey, maybe uh, 2024, 2025, this podcast, I, I hope it'll be around for quite some time. So I'm hoping that, you know, as the years go on, things will change. But I also know that companies are always thinking. That one year you're looking back at last year, you're reflecting on kind of what went. But even you want last month to be, you want this month to be better than your previous month. So what is Omniki really thinking when it comes to the future and just tapping themselves into different things, different avenues, different industries? Well, there's so much right now. It's being in the industry. It is, like you said, almost overwhelming when I'm in it every day and you read all this news and you're like, these people know, like, how are they inputting all this information in their brain, but really we're, you know, startups are usually at the front of it. So you really know a lot, but then you're reading all these new technologies. So we're really excited about a lot of different things. Um, one is, is automating that content generation across all those platforms, like at, at a single point, like instead of having to like go generate it across, you know, each unique asset for each platform, we want to be able to do it across all the platforms, like video and images at a very, very short time frame. Um, for video, there's a lot of exciting things you can do right now is one is you can, uh, 
transcribe things automatically, but then you can do multilingual. So like different languages and stuff uh, right away. And then you can actually have a lot of, like we mentioned earlier with the, the avatars and stuff, you could have it speak different languages if you're selling in different in different countries or different regions. Um, and then, oh, this is the other really exciting part is inputting first party data, which we're doing right now, where you can go analyze like you tomorrow, if you go chat with a, a chat bot for a business, some of that conversation could be stored in a CRM somewhere. So that's additional inputs to understanding your customers. You can look across all those data points from sales data, uh, chat, um, CRM, you mentioned Salesforce earlier, all this data can be analyzed just like I was saying before. And then that data can be used to generate better content. And then the last one is that I'm really excited about personally is this is not that long-term anymore is neural reading. So like people are already able to read brain waves right now and be able to tell what you're thinking. So that gets pretty crazy right there. Cause then you're start to s- starting to predict what people are thinking without actually having for them to go click on something. <laughs> and then you could create content based on what you're thinking, or you could think of a movie in your head or a video game in your head. And all of a sudden it's, it, it's life. Now that's why I, I, as you were saying, I'm like, now that's crazy because there are even, I'm pretty sure some people can kind of relate. You may be thinking about something or you may have talked to somebody about something in passing. And the next thing you know, you're scrolling Facebook or you're scrolling Twitter. And it's like, how, who is, you know, what, where was that coming from? So no, that's very true. Yeah, is Alexa listening to us? I don't know. You got to start looking around, you know, <laughs> is this thing on mute or what did I do? Like, you know, so it's, that's a very, very, very interesting concept though. And I love that, but I'm excited to really, I'm, I'm one just excited for the AI space, obviously, because like I said, I feel like I was behind the eight ball a little bit and just letting it really all pass me by. But I also do feel like I've kind of tapped into it right when I needed to. I'm figuring things out. I'm talking to different people, but I'm also seeing how expansive this can get, just how many industries and how many, just how many mediums that you can really have AI in, especially generative AI. Really coming across that term some episodes back and I really had to have him give me, I said, dumb it down for me. Give me the 101. What is generative AI? And just really seeing that breakdown, but now applying it to everything that I'm doing. So from the social media, content creation, from just telling the brand website, everything like that. So You've explained a lot today. You've delved deeper into a lot of things, both OmniKey, both the journey, both AI, technology, content creation, everything of the sort. I feel like for as much as you've talked today, educated today, even given, dropped some gems, given some advice, everything of the sort, there are still people out there, companies out there, even maybe concepts out there that are foreign to people or things that they may not understand or things that they may just know about AI and automatically kind of just place that on what OmniKey does. When it comes to what you guys are doing, just the field that you're in, even in what you see in demos and talking to people working with clients, are there any like misunderstandings or misconceptions or even myths or things that you guys have to debunk about just the AI space or maybe even OmniKey specifically? Well, we're a big component still of having a human in the loop for most of it because we have one on the OmniKey side and the customer always has to review stuff before it goes live. Because the first generations, there were lots of issues with the first generations of the image generation. So large language models, they scan huge data sets, billions of different data points. And whatever data is out there, it's going to pull insights that might not be completely accurate of what's actually out there. It's only scanning that data. And so generation two, they're eliminating a lot of those challenges. Um, But that's one of the biggest things people ask is like, how can you ensure the safety 
of AI. And there's so many different challenges we hear over and over again about enterprises. A lot of companies don't want their data getting into the open source apps. You read of companies like Samsung that people put in confidential information into open AI, things like that. They shut it down completely. So we're, that's another trend that is is evolving right now is keeping the data private and not letting it hit the open web and building like custom AI models for, for large enterprise. But that's one of the biggest, biggest challenges. And one other exciting part that we've had that a lot of AI companies probably do not have is we've had a sales-led motion versus a product-led motion a lot of times. So like we take demos, we we still with all the customers that fit Omnikey, we we usually have a discussion with them. If you know, so we get to hear, like I mentioned, two from two thousand different companies where we have a discussion just like this tomorrow, where I get to hear the pain points and what are the serious challenges um, that are going on with these businesses, and and that's been a huge enabler that we feed directly to you know our team and product and engineering. They join a lot of the calls as well that help us build our product. Like I couldn't imagine if you were just doing some of the other sales methods, if you got the same type of data. And that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that that being able to have that reflection, being able to get that feedback is very important, especially from that large of a number of just different businesses and different people, because I'm sure that while some of them may be able to resonate with one another and may have the same concerns and questions or just points of, you know, just pain points. A lot of them may have things that maybe y'all weren't thinking about, or maybe the other company wasn't thinking about, or maybe people even haven't explored. So I feel like too, as a way to people don't, I think one thing in business ownership, entrepreneurship, startup, founder, anything like that. I think one thing that people sometimes negate is the idea of feedback, is the idea of getting reviews, ratings, everything like that, because we're so scared that it's not always going to be what we want to hear. You know, it's everybody loves a good, everybody loves a good rating, but I feel like good ratings are very much are very harder to come across than those negative ratings. Even think about everything that you do in your life. You know, when you go shopping and you had a great experience, everything was cool, self-checkout, they tell you to take a survey, you, you wait, you go, you push it by the wayside. You know, I, I'm only speaking like that because I do the same thing, you know? So, but when you have a bad experience, when things did not go your way, oh, you're quick to, hey, whereas I know I'm a find that I'm gonna scan the code, I'm gonna enter everything, you sit there with that receipt, you copy everything exactly as it needs to be, and you make that happen. But I also feel like, you know, when you, something that I do on the podcast, I'm very big on feedback. You know, I would love to hear that you love the episodes. Obviously, like, why would I, that's music to my ears. I, I would hope so. I love them. So I, I want you to, too. But I, I really want, and sometimes I challenge people, and for some people, they can definitely attest to this. I'll pull your teeth a little bit. Hey, so like, what can I do better? Like, what didn't you like? Or like, if you scroll the page, do you feel like it's consistent? It's redundant? It's boring? What is, what, like, give me something. Like, I'm not going to take this personal. I need, I'm going to take it and take it back to the lab. But something I feel like sometimes people shy away from is getting that feedback, hearing those voices. Because yes, granted, while it may not be something that you want to hear, this person is giving feedback. And this person is giving feedback because one, they may see the vision. Two, they may still want to continue to work with you, do business with you, but they just want things changed a little bit. Why potentially lose a client or shy away from that and not really know what's going on just because you want things maybe sugarcoated a little bit or you don't want the negative. You have to take the good with the bad just the same. So I could imagine that just the reflection and just the empowerment that comes from being able to talk to 2000 plus people, being able to have your other parts of the team and members there just the same as well. So I'm glad you kind of mentioned the team because I was very interested in kind of tapping into like functions where you guys are, everything like that. So I know that you said you are the CBO, correct? Chief business officer, right? Yep. All right, y'all. See, I, I pay attention. You do. 30 minutes in, I'm still here, you know, but okay. 
how does OmniKey work? Are you guys headquartered one specific place? Are you guys like a domestic and an international presence? Do you guys have teams kind of all over? What is it? What is the OmniKey team really comprised of? So our engineering team and CEO and our VP of sales are in San Francisco. A lot of startups, a lot happens in San Francisco. You know, a lot of the rest of our team, like on the business side, is mostly distributed across the world. So I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have people all over the East Coast. We have someone in Florida, actually in Tampa. Uh, we got people in London. We have a team in Japan. Uh, so really distributed around like the sales side and, and customer success side is, is more distributed, closer to time zones of their customers. And then we're building a presence in, in San Francisco as the headquarters. Nice, nice, nice. We love San Fran, baby. So that, that, that's really, that's really and, cool. I always, and I did want to say one other thing on your last comment, because I loved what you just said a second ago about that feedback thing. Like that was so great. Like seriously, the one thing like you can never do is take offense from feedback, right? It's like the worst thing ever. Like, it's just a data point. The person could be right or wrong. And the second thing is I was going to say is, and I, I, I'm sure you'll probably agree with me on this is failure is the best thing you can learn from. It's the worst thing that ever happens, but like success never easy. I mean, like failure is the worst at that time. But then later when you look back at all the challenges you have and you're like, those were hard times, but look what we, you walked away with. Like when you were starting your first podcast, your first episode, imagine how far you've come. And that's like how you have to look at life across every aspect of it. It's always terrible and hard at the beginning keep doing it. And then you're going to have something amazing, like what you're, you know, what you've been doing here with your podcast. Thank you. I, I'm very much in agreement with you, like you said, because another point that I really give people is just that, look, imagine if everything just went your way, where would the where life would be? It sounds to me, life would sound kind of boring. If everything just, uh -huh. went your way, it would be predictable. I would know what's going to happen. I wouldn't even do certain things because it's just like, okay, I know this is going to work out. I know it's going to happen. Sometimes I do things just to see if I can do it or just to see if I have it, just to see what it teaches me or what I learned. But that failure is very important. But I also tell people to never forget everybody fails. Even people mm -hmm. who you look up to, people who are in your position, they fail. They fail harder. A lot of our fails, they would probably want to take them. We would probably see them. <laughs> Yeah. We've we, we woken up, watched the news, and seen how much money Jeff Bezos has lost, Elon Musk has lost, Steve Jobs has lost, uh -huh. whoever. Think about think about you and your business. Think about waking up and just like maybe something that you tweeted or a customer review or something like that just went crazy. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it was monumental. You're on the news, websites, outlets, everything like that. You know, So it's always to say that, look, don't let that idea of loss just think that once you become successful, once you become wealthy, once you become prominent, whatever you want, that it doesn't still happen. A lot of these household names, a lot of these companies who we shop, where we go to, websites, everything like that, even social media sites that we use every day. They're failing. They're taking L's. Things are happening. They're competing with one another. They're trying to one-up each other. X, meta, reels, shorts, TikTok. Put this into perspective. You know what I mean? So I always tell people to just never always keep that thought at the forefront of your mind. No, I'm not encouraging failure, loss, delay, denial, anything like that. But I'm also letting you know, let's be realistic here. It's nothing wrong with optimism. I'm a very optimistic person, but I'm also very logical and very much knowing that everything is always not going to go my way. But how yeah. do I rebound from that? How do I respond from that? Do I let that one failure just completely take me out the game? Or do I, like you said, sometimes you got to go back to the drawing board. Sometimes you just have to take that and realize, okay, this is just a point. Everything about OmniKey, everything about down to business is not perfect. Things can change. Things can improve. The same way technologies are changing and improving, you may use something and think it's the best thing yet. 
to the to the that's owner, right. to the proprietor to the patent person. They're just like, okay, I like that, but what can we do next? What can I do better? Because there's going to be that one customer that unleashes something or tries to do something with said product or said service, and they can't. And that's yeah. when it's your first piece of feedback. There it is. That is great. That's great. You know, you could sometimes feel like you took every, like I was thinking about, they talk about um, a lot of times the discovery and, and just everything with electricity and everything that had to be done. How many times do you think he, he, he trialed and error a light bulb, putting things together, everything like that before he really got to the point of this? And now look at how far the light bulb has evolved. You can use your smartphone to turn it on. You can have it home. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I really just tell people to always just keep that in mind. Life is going to come at you in stride. It's going to come good. It's going to come bad. It's going to come right. It's going to come wrong. Left everything of the sort. So never, never, never forget that. So I'm so glad that you really spoke on that about failure because it's, it's not industry specific. It's not person specific. It's not brand specific, product specific. It happens to any and everyone. Nobody is special when it comes to failure. So I think about now everything that we talked about today, the host of points that you've hit, everything of the sort, what, you, what you've even been able to teach me and even some call to actions that you've given to people out there as far as just content creation, personalization, evolution, advancement, everything like that. Do you feel like there's anything that we have not touched on today that you want to leave the people with that you want to provide some details around or even some last words, some advice, some words of insight for all of our business owners, entrepreneurs and other startups will be tapping into this episode? Yeah, I, I will just say it took me a while. It took me 13 years to go from I, I first actually started a small family owned business. That was a really great first job that I did a lot of cold calling as well and then joined the large corporation. But if you're an, if you have entrepreneurship in your blood. Take the jump, try it out. It is the most rewarding and fun journey. You, you're you're going to get knocked down all the time, but it is the most rewarding, fun thing you'll ever do. So don't wait on it. Just take the jump and do it. Hey, I love that. That's simply put. You know, it, yeah. I, I I love the beauty of the journey, man. I love that we can look back ten years ago, thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago, fifty years ago, twenty years ago, and really not one have expected to be where we are. But two, that's the beauty of it, because even where we are now in 2023, man, think about 2025, 2030, 2040 years that don't even sound right, don't even look right when you write them out. You know, so it's just like, wow, this is this is crazy. Like things are happening. But I'm so much in agreement with you that just go, just take that leap, just jump. And and, and some people want to say that it's so cliche, but for as cliche as it is, there are so many things that we haven't acted on. We haven't done. We haven't. We told ourselves, even myself, I have things written on my board that I wake up and literally I look at every day and I just don't do it. You have to take risks. You have to take some risks. Otherwise, and be not afraid to fail. Like we just said, you know, take the risk. That's how you grow. Come on now. That's the most important thing. So now, arguably, obviously, this interview was very important from start to finish. But arguably, this is the most important part. This is where we do the call to action, but this is where people find out really who you are from demos, websites, everything like that. So for everybody out there tapping in, for people wanting to learn more information about OmniKey, about yourself, even follow along with the journey, even send you guys to some other people, where can they find you? What's the best places to reach you all? Websites, social media, give us everything you got. Yeah, go to www.omnikey.com, O-M-N-E-K-Y.com. If you want to check out our product, you can schedule a demo and then put in the note you heard it on the down to business podcast. So we, we know where you came from. You can also reach out to Matt at omnikey.com or find me on LinkedIn at Matt Swally. All right, y'all. Um, 
D2B, man, come on. We're, we're, we're trying to facilitate connections here and we're trying to, but it's a call to action. I love call to actions because look, we're, we learn about a lot of things. We hear about a lot of things, but we don't act on a lot of things. This podcast has really shown me that I've talked to a host of different industries and I've learned so much and I've, I've been exposed and introduced to different avenues. Am I doing my follow-ups? Am I taking my notes? Am I doing my own due diligence? Because, you know, I can't be, I can't be a walking contradiction. I can't tell y'all to go do it. And I'm not, you know, learning myself, but I definitely do encourage everybody to connect with Matt in some capacity. Do not connect with him on LinkedIn and think that you're getting the same message that I got. No, let that be. <laughs> but no, Matt, like I said, really, I appreciate you. I appreciate like the, just a quick turnaround time, just you being understanding, you reaching out and you looking forward to really this interview. But thank you for the breakdowns today. Thank you for the insight. Obviously, we're sending nothing but love to you, to OmniKey. And we're here now. We're in full support. Anything that we can do to help any people who can send your way, we will definitely be doing that. But to everybody else, to everyone who continuously supports this vision, who continuously makes this happen, who is just as enthusiastic about Matt that Matt is, you know, so I, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. We're definitely not stopping. Like I said, the road to 200, we're on the way. I, I can't, I can't just turn around. I can't be short. Can't go to 199 or one. I can't wait to hear 200. I, I'm really excited. I'm gonna have to, yeah. I'm going to have to really, uh, I'm going to have to really plan out 200. That's going to have to be really the one, but thank y'all to everybody. I love y'all. This has been another episode of the down to business podcast here with Tamar Turner.